Hey friend! In today's episode, I'm going over three simple staples that I make every week, or even multiple times a week, to keep up on our eczema healing diet. As with everything, it's hard until it's not. It sounds hard, but none of this is, is hard to actually do. These three items will start to work into your busy mama life so seamlessly, you'll look back and think, I can't believe I haven't been doing this all along. By making these three things in-house, you'll save a ton of money at the grocery store and be able to make sure the food you give your sweet littles is more nutritious and delicious. Let's dig into today's episode. Hey mama, welcome to the Eczema Kids podcast. Do you want your baby to actually have baby soft skin? Are you literally up all night caring for your itchy, miserable kid? Are you hoping to give your child a life free of disruptive skin symptoms without pharmaceuticals? Hi, I'm Andra. I was also a mom of a toddler and a baby struggling with severe eczema. I too felt helpless because I couldn't figure out how to get rid of my children's eczema and wished I could take the misery out of their bodies. Every day I questioned, is what I'm doing actually making a difference? I wondered, would I ever be able to go to the pool with my kids, take family photos, or eat outside the home without an eczema flare? Through diet and natural time-honored solutions, combined with endless hours of research and experimenting, I eliminated eczema from our lives. When you tune into this podcast, you will find itchy kid remedies, diet and nutrition advice, and healthy kid hacks to help lessen your workload and lighten your family home. Grab your egg-free snack, and let's get on with healing our kids. I have to take a quick minute and read this awesome review I got on Apple Podcasts. I so appreciate anybody taking the time to do this. It seriously makes my heart sing. Rachel said, as a mom of a now preteen with eczema, this is a resource I wish I had when she was younger. Things that took me over a decade to learn on my own through trial and error are here in such rich content episodes that I found myself writing copious notes. Thank you for speaking into this space. Thank you so much, Rachel. And seriously, if it's in your heart to write a review, please do. It helps other parents find this find this podcast. And I'm doing it so kids don't have to suffer with this itchy, red awfulness that is eczema. So let's dig in. We're going to talk about how to make ghee, coconut yogurt, and vegetable broth. Before I started making ghee... I was aware of the benefits, which was why I was buying it. It's high in butyric acid, which is a short-chain fatty acid and a natural detoxifier. If ghee is consumed on an empty stomach, it actually helps flush toxins out of the body, and it keeps your digestive system clean. The butyric acid in ghee is also nourishing for the intestinal walls and your gut walls, and just an overall healing effect on your digestive system. Our littles are in desperate need of butyric acid. Plus, ghee has a smoke point of 485, so you don't have to worry about it going rancid or becoming harmful because the molecular structure changed while cooking. I basically use it for all of my cooking. I make roasted vegetables, I saute everything, likely in the Instapot, I use it to make rice and potatoes, seriously everything. And it has a really long shelf life too because it doesn't have any water in it. So it can last a month or so on the counter and longer than that in the fridge. But I usually make this multiple times a week because I do a lot of just really simple cooking like roasting. So I use, 
I use it up in that time easily. <laughs> if you're wondering what ghee is, it's clarified butter. It's butter that's been simmered and strained to remove all the water and the milk solids, the proteins. So it's cooked over a really low heat until the, the milk solids have a chance to brown and then they turn slightly nutty and caramelized. And that clarifying process removes casein and lactose. So then it's suitable for our little eczema kits. To make ghee at home, just start by simmering a saucepan of butter until the milk solids sink. And then you cook it over a really low heat until they turn golden brown. So this takes, like I use, you know, a little box. It's like a pound of butter. That takes about an hour. Butter is about 20% water. So removing butter or removing water through simmering creates about an 80% yield. You, you lose a lot of volume. You lose a lot of butter when you extract the milk solids, the proteins out of it. And all you have left is the fat. That's the ghee. Something to keep in mind when you're picking out the jar that you're going to put it in. And that's why ghee is so expensive in the store. Because it, it takes the labor, but also it takes a lot of butter to make a container of ghee. So really, that's it. You just put unsalted, preferably. It needs to be unsalted. Pasture raised, preferably, but also it really should be butter into a saucepan and cook it on a really low heat for about an hour. Don't mess with it. Don't stir it. And then you'll see in that second half hour, you'll see bubbles like rising to the top and that's the, the water cooking out. And then you'll know you're done when the milk solids are like there's, there'll, there'll be some on top and some on bottom and they'll be a little crusty. And you can tell it, it's just easily separated. I have a bunch of different strainers with a handle on it. You just need like a little one and you line it with cheesecloth and you can buy a gazillion yards of cheesecloth for like $5 on Amazon. Just get an unbleached cheesecloth if you're not in the habit of buying that. But just do, you know, two layers on top of your little strainer and slowly pour the melted butter from the saucepan through the cheesecloth, through the strainer. And what you're left with is ghee. That's it. You're done. Leave it out while it's hot. And, and then I just leave it out all the time. So it stays moderately soft for when I have to use it <laughs> multiple times a day. I also make coconut yogurt probably every night. And this one's even easier. I do this as a non-dairy way to incorporate probiotics into my kid's diet. And all you need for this is a blender, some probiotics, and canned coconut milk. Seriously, you just blend the probiotics and the coconut milk together. I use orthomoleculars. It's 225 billion CFU little satchels. You can get those through Fullscript. That's an easy way to get that kind of stuff, any supplements really, or an integrative practitioner could either have them in their office or order them for you. But the cheapest way to go is through full script. So try to get a subscription there. It is expensive. Like one box is about $50, which has like 30 satchels, but 
you reuse them. So you, when you blend one sachet to three cans of coconut milk, and you have to get the full fat, unsweetened, organic coconut milk. I get mine at Costco. So you blend those things, let it sit overnight, and then when you have about an inch left of yogurt, like as you start to use it and you have like an inch left in your mason jar, you just add another can of coconut milk to it and stir it and then let that be your starter. And again, leave it, just leave it there overnight and it ferments and it creates yogurt. I make coconut yogurt in the 32 ounce mason jars and I just have them sitting out on our sprouting station all the time, every night. <laughs> that's, that's it. So my final ridiculously easy staple is vegetable broth. I use it in soups and with rice and beans and any vegetarian meal that calls for water or broth. So if you have the broth and it calls for water, you might as well. It doesn't add that much taste in it. Adds a lot of nutrition, so I try to use it when I can. And don't, you know, a lot of recipes do call for broth or stock. Don't use the commercial kind. Most of them have nutritional yeast or preservatives and likely tomatoes as well. So if those are a problem for your little one, just, just forget those. If you don't have any on hand and the recipe calls for it, just substitute with water. It's just not that big a deal. And sea salt then you're you're good to go. So I do that plenty when I'm out of broth, but really I try to have enough on hand all the time and doing it this way, it makes it really, really easy. I like to use Brussels sprout discards that I have on hand or broccoli stems. I mean, not or, and broccoli stems, cauliflower stems. Actually, the broccoli stems are the most nutritious part of the broccoli. Did you know that? Not the florets, crazy fact. Onion, if you have it, leek, garlic, kombu, or some sort of seaweed is a really good addition from a nutrition standpoint. But really, all you do is put whatever you have into the Instabot and cover that with water. And then cook it for half an hour in the Instapot, like pressure cook it. And then again, you get out a strainer with a handle and strain it strain out the liquid into one of the 64 ounce mason jars or a couple and it helps to have one of those big stainless steel funnels or you know just something to help you not splash it all about when you're pouring it into the jar but that's it really then you're done and once you start incorporating these staples it'll be it it, it is so easy it'll just be second nature if your life is feeling challenging and frustrating rather than easy because of your child's eczema condition right now, I'd love to help you. And it all starts with food, believe it or not. It's the main thing that we have in our toolkit as moms to help our littles and the most effective. Just email me at support at eczemakids.com and we will get your littles on their way to wellness. Take care, mama. You're doing great. Hey friend, if today's episode helped you in any way, would you leave me a review in Apple Podcasts? Neither of us have time for social media, so this is the best way to help other parents find this podcast and heal their kids. Thanks for your contribution towards ending childhood eczema.